Hey, I'm Erin Bridgman, a money mindset and management coach for the creative entrepreneur. I'm the girl behind the wealthy woman movement that's reaching thousands and expanding each and every month. And I'm so glad you've decided to join this community too. Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast for creative female entrepreneurs looking to get strategic with their money. I believe that wealthy women will change the world. And in this podcast, we include money-related mindset and management tips and practical business advice you can apply right away. No fluff here. It's time to take action. Let me shoot it to you straight. Talking about money is like talking about sex. It's vulnerable and uncomfortable, but so necessary. And that's why I've created a judgment-free zone where women like you can trade the shame and money skeletons in your closet with empowerment and confidence that helps you master your money. I'm both the creative and the nerd, the no bullshit friend and your hype girl. And I'm excited to be your guide on your money journey. All your dreams are tied to money. So it's time to get that money working for you so you can make your dreams a reality together. Your business should be the catalyst to living your dream life. So don't let your money be the obstacle. Grab your notebook and your favorite drink and let's dive in. Hello, wealthy women. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Woman Podcast. I am so excited to have Emily Wilcox on the show today. Welcome, Emily. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And I love the name of your show. It just feels like an affirmation, like every time you say it. Yes. Oh, thank you. I'm excited for us to talk about healing money wounds, about balancing masculine and feminine energy in our life and our business. It's going to be a really fun chat. But before we dive into all of that, will you just share a little bit about you, who you are outside of your business, where you live, your family, what you love, and then a bit about your current um, company, and then we'll dive in. Yeah, totally. So I'm a mom of two. I've got a daughter who's seven, a son that's four. Um, Our family lives in a suburb of Los Angeles. We're in our dream home. So we've got like a beautiful pool in the backyard. We've got 180 degree ocean views. We absolutely love it, but still a Midwesterner at heart, which you and I connected over. So I grew up in Michigan. So if you're a Michigander, I can show you where I lived using my hand as a map. Um, (laughs) I am... I love fitness. I've been like an avid CrossFitter for years and I just started doing Pilates and I'm totally loving the contrast of like, go as slow as possible. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> um, what else? I love meditating. I love crystals. I'm into all the woo-woo stuff. Like if you want to come hang out and pull Oracle cards, I'm your girl. I love it. Um, okay. This, are, can you see your ocean view from where you're sitting right now or no? No, I can see my pool. So cool. So, but you can literally see the ocean from inside of your home. Yeah. Like the full front half of our house, whether you're in the dining room, the living room, the master bedroom, ocean views, you can see Catalina Island. It's really beautiful. So cool. I'll be, I'll be um, booking my flight. No. Yeah. Come um, hang. <laughs> that sounds, I, I feel my soul needs to be by bodies of water. I, tend to just because Midwest be on lakes, but I love the ocean view. That's beautiful. Way to manifest that into your world. Thank you. Well, I am excited for this conversation. I like to say I have over the years added some O's to my woo woo. Um, (laughs) But I grew up 
in a very religious, legalistic, black and white sort of context. And as I've deconstructed that and built something new and beautiful in my spiritual world, I am fascinated by this and I'm always like wanting to understand it and learn it and have it make sense to me. And so thank you for owning that you love crystals and Oracle cards and um, all the fun woo and being willing to have this conversation today. Mm, You are so welcome. What got you into Oracle cards? Tell me about that for a minute. Oh, like other girlfriends who are like way more witchy and spiritual than I was. Like I didn't know anything about it. And it's funny because I started meditating as a teenager. So in a sense, like I've been on a spiritual path for, you know, decades and decades. Um, But I sort of had the blinders on to just like broader spirituality and the different tools that are available to like connect with our higher self and our own intuition. Um, And so adding those practices is actually so fun. I feel like even the meditation path that I was on, it was like a swap out sort of for Christianity. And it was like, oh, instead of doing this whole list, you just do this other list instead. And if you do all the things on the list, then you're good. And I was like, yay, I want to be good. And with Oracle decks, it's sort of like, you can't get it wrong. Like, how do you do it wrong? There's no possible way to do it wrong. There's just a message for you, no matter what you pull. So did you grow up in a Christian context? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can grow up in the Midwest and not grow up <laughs> in a Christian context. Um, I, I actually feel somewhat fortunate in the sense that my dad was Methodist and he took us to church, but my mom is an atheist. And so even from a young age, like I did have the sense of like, oh, not everyone believes the same thing and that's okay. Mm. But then I had a babysitter who I was, I spent tons of time at their house because my parents were entrepreneurs and they worked long hours. And so like I ate dinner every night, you know, with my babysitter and she got really involved in like very, I call it like crazy Christian now, which was like, you know, people speaking in tongues and like, oh, if you were just baptized with a little water on the head, oh no, that doesn't count. We got to do the whole thing in the backyard pool, baby. Um, And so it really, it really put a lot of fear and guilt and doubt into me. You know, it was like, I was told that because I read like an R.L. Stein Goosebumps book that I was like putting a curse on my whole family and like all the generations to come. And I'm like, oh God, I totally screwed this up. You know, I would get asked all the time, like, did you ask Jesus into your heart? Like, I feel like that was just a question you got a lot of the time in like a small town in the Midwest. And I'm like, oh, I did, but do they know something I don't? Cause like, why are they still asking me? Maybe he's not there. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So let's, oh man, this is going to be even cooler of a combo given like that background and that, you know, it's so much like me. Um, I feel like you, it sounds like immerse yourself even more in practices and just really, um, yeah, diving deep in the woo-woo. So I'm excited. So as we're kind of diving into this topic, can we talk about, I know something that you are really amazing at is how you are able to diagnose and heal money wounds. So can you just tell us a little bit more about that? Totally. So what I, what I came to realize is that we all have these money wounds 
And oftentimes the way that we think and feel and act with money is from a wounded place, but we aren't our wounds. And that's a really important Mm -hmm. distinguisher. Um, And so we have this opportunity to actually diagnose them and understand what it looks and feels like when we're acting from a wounded place instead of from a place of like being whole and healed and sovereign. And we can heal our money wounds and really change our relationship with money and how it feels for us. And so there are six different money wounds. Usually people are going to have two, three, maybe four that feel pretty resonant for them. Um, but I actually think it's great to learn about all six. Cause I'm like yes, the ones you don't good. have your spouse has. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, your spouse, your best friend, someone in your world has it. Yes. yes. Yeah. So it just helps us to like, understand all of the extra conditioning and emotional layers that we project onto money that really makes it a complicated relationship. I love that. Can we dive into what the six wounds are? Yeah, for sure. I'll just run through them rapid fire. Um, so there's the money shame wound, which is like, I'm unworthy of making a lot of money. Like, Oh, who am I? Why are somebody going to pay me this amount? Um, there's the safe money wound. Like I'm not going to be safe until I have X amount of money in the bank. Um, there's the, uh, money trust wound. Like I just don't trust myself with money. I might screw this up. There's the disappearing money wound, which is like, I don't trust money. Money is leaving and abandoning me. The rug might get pulled out from under me. There's the hard money wound, which is if I want to make more money, I got to work harder for it. And then there's the evil money wound, which is like, if I want more money, I'm going to have to go against my morals. I'm going to have to do something that I don't want to do. And I'm going to risk being like one of those evil people that no one likes and be like, you know, off the island, cast out of my tribe. Wow. I love how you like just boiled that down into those six things. Cause as I work with women in money and healing our money mindset, like all I'm like, yep, 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 yep. But you just like done a great job of like, these are the six. How did you decide these were the six um, and like kind of label them that way? Honestly, so much of this money wounds work was channeled. So it was such a co-creation and I feel um, just like really so honored that spirit was like, okay, you're the one we get to work together on this. Mm. But it started as an idea because I was really into the Enneagram and, and I had this feeling that like the Enneagram is really all about like childhood wounding and conditioning. And, and then it manifests in different ways. And I was like, you know, there's the, there's a version of this for money. I know there is. Um, and so that's sort of how it started. And then it just evolved into these money wounds because the one thing that I wanted to be careful about is with human design and with Enneagram, we really use it to label us. And I think sometimes that can be destructive where it's like, oh, well, I'm a Enneagram too. So I'm just a people pleaser and that's just what I do. And I was like, I don't want people to like resonate even more with their money wounds and be like, oh, I'm just a money waster or whatever. (laughs) Like God only knows what those titles would have been. And so when I landed on wounds, it was like, oh yes, that's it. Because we can have them, but they're just not us. It's not part of our innate identity. I love that. That's so key of saying like your labels, like labels can be so limiting. It can be, and it can like help 
have us start to live into parts of ourselves that aren't healthy that we need to heal and move on from not like yep own I don't trust money so I'm gonna like live into that you know so I think that um, language is so helpful and when you are working with people and like in your side of your own journey with the money wounds have you found like particular exercises or particular affirmations or work is depending on what wound you have, you kind of like do certain things. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have a whole program called money wound medicine where we go through specific healings for each wound. And some of it is affirmation work. Some of it's like mental work. And then there's also the somatic because what what's living in our body, that stored trauma really has to be cleared in order for us to feel differently. Cause it's like our feelings end up turning into our thoughts and then become our actions, right? So it addresses mind and body. But I also have a free money wounds quiz. um, It's just moneywoundsquiz.com. And if you do that, you'll get an email with what your strongest money wound is. And it'll give you a little affirmation and some things that you can work with to start, you know, using some free healing techniques as well. I love that. Can I ask about this? Like what what was your money wound that you identified with and like what has been your healing journey around that yeah so my strongest money wound historically has been the safe money wound and it's it's one where you know I feel like it's socially like quite acceptable like oh yeah of course like the fatter your bank account is you know like the better you're gonna feel with money and like there's kind of a hoarder energy around money, like just always wanting to squirrel more away and save more and just look for deals if you have to buy anything. And so all of that was like totally considered socially acceptable. So I didn't really think there was anything wrong with me. Um, And it wasn't until we had our first $100,000 cash month in business, which like I had wanted to do forever. And it was such a goal. And I was like, oh, I actually don't feel good. Like, I just wanted it to be this really celebratory moment where I felt amazing. And I realized that, you know, I was waiting for money to make me feel safe and make me feel worthy and make me feel successful and make my business feel less fragile. And it took, I just kept moving the goalpost. Like, oh, once we hit a hundred K, like that'll be the time when I feel that way. And it turns out that all of those feelings are an inside job and money can't give it to us. And, and that was a hard lesson, but I'm so grateful for it. Gosh, thank you for being willing to share your own and for this beautiful work that you're doing. Are you familiar with sacred money archetypes? Uh, not really. No. Okay. I'm certified with that. I'm in the process of doing that. And it's some of the language of it is similar. So I was like, Oh, I wonder. Mm. Yours is a little bit different. I'm sure it's great. I I'm, I always say that I'm so glad I'm not the only money teacher out there because like, I'm this like white middle-class woman from the United States. Who's never had to like go hungry and like oh that's cute you just thought you were going to be safe when you had a hundred thousand dollar month like for some people that's just not going to feel relatable and so we need all of us and that way people can pick the teacher that feels most resonant for them I love that um so cool thank you this is just I'm just like sucked in here I love it so talk to us a little bit about this idea of masculine and feminine energy. I know that we want to kind of spend a lot of time on this topic as we dive in. So 
first of all, for those listening that might not be familiar at all with what we're talking about, can you share a little bit about masculine and feminine energy? What is it? How does it surface? That kind of thing. Yeah. So if you've never heard of this before, I first just need to say that although it's gendered terminology, it if doesn't matter if you identify as a man or a woman or they, them, it, we all have masculine and feminine energy. Both are good and both are needed. So at a super basic level, if you think about like human anatomy, the masculine energy is the giving energy. It's, it's the doing energy, the thinking energy, the giving energy. The feminine energy is receiving and being. So at a super high level, that's what we're talking about. As we get into the conversation, there are more nuances because there's wounded masculine and divine masculine, wounded feminine and divine feminine. And so it can actually be really helpful to understand that kind of quadrant of the four Mm -hmm. buckets rather than just the two, because often when we have a negative stereotype about one, it's the wounded part of it. Yes. Yeah. How do we like, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the four different quadrants. What's the best way for you to kind of explain that show examples of sort of the wounded and the um, masculine, wounded and the feminine, and maybe the healed or however, whatever technology you use. Yeah. So I spent a lot of my career in wounded masculine energy, which is like overthinking and overdoing. And so it was like, I was constantly strategizing and working. I had the to-do list, like I would take action. If I hit a roadblock, it was almost like, oh, push harder. Like, let's really try to figure this out. And I really enjoyed being in kind of the difficulty of it and really like forging ahead. But that is a more wounded energy. And so I, I... when I got so sick of that and so burnt out from it, I wanted to be way more in the feminine, which was important. However, I've also now healed my relationship with the masculine. And so like the divine masculine or the healed masculine looks like having systems in your business, having team and support, like having these sort of safety structures and people and things that are there and available and holding a container. It looks like, you know, having some boundaries in place. So it's like, do I want to do everything in my business or can it be that, you know, someone takes the money wounds quiz and they automatically get an email with what their top quiz is. And it invites them into a free masterclass where they can learn more about their money wounds, right? That's divine masculine. That's having something set up so that it's doing something on my behalf. And that allows me to be more in my divine feminine, which is more of a leaned back, a being, a trusting, a receiving energy, because I actually receive so much support and money and new clients and all kinds of things because I have that divine masculine structure in place. And what would the wounded feminine energy look like? Yeah. So the wounded feminine is, is, can be kind of emotionally manipulative. Uh, And 
she's the damsel in distress. So it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm not taking any action, but I just want someone to come and save me. Please, please like give me attention. Come save the day for me. Cause I don't know what I'm doing. Mm, yeah. I think that as people are listening, they're probably identifying like maybe where they find themselves leaning towards and yeah. um, whether it's in the divine or the wounded. Um, I know that you work to help people find balance in yeah. these energies. What does that look like? Especially like uh, as people are listening, they're entrepreneurs. And I believe it's really important for us to have a balance in feminine and masculine energy a business needs both of those things so what does that look like like how what are some advice you have or ways of working towards a really healthy balance in those energies yeah well I first think conversations like this are important because the same thing with the money wounds like the diagnosis is actually a really really important part of things right so if you don't if you don't know about masculine feminine energy then it's really hard to pinpoint what does feel out of balance in your life? If you don't know about money wounds, it's like, it's hard to pinpoint what is it about my relationship with money that feels so hard. So once, now that we've had this conversation, if someone's wanting to go deeper, I think some of it is just like, you can literally Google masculine and feminine energy and start to get some definitions. And then I would try and like put some things in your life into these different buckets and start to see where, where do you show up as the damsel in distress? Where do you show up in your overthinking and overdoing? And where do you have like great systems and support and you take really aligned and decisive action and then you relax and surrender the result? Like you can start to notice because we will probably have all four energies in our lives just playing out in different ways. Um, what my, what my story was, and I think is true for a lot of high-performing women, is that I wanted to be in control of everything. I was doing almost everything. I liked my way of doing things. I thought that I did it the best. <laughs> and so on the one hand, I was creating an environment where I was doing it all, but then I also was feeling very resentful about that and feeling frustrated that other people in my life weren't doing more, even though I wasn't creating any space for them to do it. And they probably would have felt criticized had they done it their way. Um, But I was tired. And what I desperately wanted subconsciously was to be able to let go of control, but that felt like the scariest freaking thing on the planet. Mm Mm-hmm. So anyone that resonates with that, you're in a lot of wounded masculine energy. (laughs) And I promise you, there's a really beautiful healing path available to you if you desire it. So good. So I find myself as I'm listening to this, definitely, I definitely lean into masculine energy. I have goals. I have to-do lists. I think sometimes it's healthy. Sometimes it's not healthy. Um, but I definitely feel like that is a part, like a big, I was, I was, when I needed to pay for college, I was a door-to-door sales girl. I got up, I got in the freezing cold shower. I knocked on doors 12 out. You know, I can really channel like the doing and it's brought me a lot of success, but also there are times where it's like, I'm exhausted and it's too much and it's not. And this idea of the feminine energy of like being and like 
chilling and receiving. Yeah. It sounds really awesome. And I'm like, how in the world do I begin to let that be more of me and trust that results will still happen? Because in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, if I do that though, like my business is shut, the doors will shut. Nobody will work with me. Even though I know that's not true. Yeah. Because sometimes when we're not looking for it, that's the right, the moment that the person inquires or the house comes out, whatever the market. Yeah. So for someone like me that I feel like probably a lot of listeners would relate with, like, what's like a tangible way that we can begin to flow into more of the feminine energy? Yeah. Well, the first thing I would clean up is I think you have a misattribution of what's brought you success because we're sort of afraid to let go of that, like hardworking kind of like hustler identity, but if we're really thinking back to the the times when things have really popped off or something has happened, it typically, we don't actually trace it back to the hustle. It's normally like, oh, I was in the shower and I got this amazing idea. And then I knew exactly what action to take and I took the action. Well, the idea in the shower was you and your divine feminine because you received. And then you went into your divine masculine and you took a decisive and aligned action. And then you probably went back to your divine feminine after that, because you were like, okay, beautiful. I did the thing. And I just feel so certain. I have so much trust that I'm going to get the outcome that I want. So I think what we get to heal is like, we don't have to get rid of the part of us that wants to take action. But it's like, we don't, it doesn't have to be so hard. It's probably 20% of the action that we're taking that's getting 80% of the results, right? And if we can just drop that 80%, like, here's the thing. As mothering is a masculine energy. And that blew my mind to learn because we think like, but it's maternal, it's the feminine, it's my boobs that are feeding my child, you know, like, but- (laughs) But that relates so significantly <laughs> to me right now with the four month old. You don't even know. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I know innately how much time it's been since my child has been fed. Um, yeah, but it's, it, if you think about it, mothering, it is a very masculine energy because it's safety and it's providership and it's, I have to take care of you. Mm-hmm. That is masculine energy. And so what often happens for us as women is we're high achieving in, at work. We adopt a mothering energy at home. And then pretty soon we're also mothering our husbands. And then we're seeing them as like more weak and incapable. And we're like, why am I not like as sexually attracted to him as I used to be? And it's like, we just get to balance that out. And so it's like what the result of that is our business feels better and gets more results with less of our work. We've got more spacious schedule to like pursue our passions and like fill up our own cup. We're more attracted to our partner and we're creating space for our partner to actually step up and have some more providership for us. And so it's like, to me, the sexiest energy for my man is when he's like, I've got this. Not, can you tell me what to do or what do I do or where do I find this thing or how do I do this? Babe, I've got this. Like, doesn't that just make you want to melt? Yes. Yes. (laughs) That is you and your feminine. So I think cleaning up the misattribution and then the way that I look at divine feminine and masculine energy is like a bit more of a sequence. 
which is like, if I can start in my feminine and say like, okay, I'm open and I'm receptive and I'm like awaiting instruction. So I might meditate, I might pull an Oracle card, or I might just like tap into my intuition and be like, what do I feel like doing? Mm. And then I just follow that and I flip into the masculine and I take action. But the action is aligned with what I feel or what came through that feels like the divine assignment. And then when the assignment is done, then I'm like, I hand it all back over. It's like, okay, universe, like we co-created this together. So like I did my part. Now you do your part, which is actually the bigger part. (laughs) And I'm just going to be over here, chilling, trusting, surrendering, and being receptive, like waiting for more instructions. You're so, this is so good. Yes. And I, you know, I resonate so much. I found myself about a year and a half ago, so misaligned with, I thought, you know, I got to scale this. So I got to do it the way, you know, all of the experts say, you know, I got to build the funnels and put on the timers and do the Facebook ads and scale the team coaches underneath me and all this. And I was like, what the, what in the world is happening? This is not working. This does not feel good. And it was the time that was when I said, I'm going to stop and slow down and I'm going to tap into my intuition that I knew I abandoned to just do the thing. And in that was just like such a reminder for me of like, never abandon your intuition, always create space for yourself to look inward and listen. Like sometimes we're so busy. I know from for myself and I hate that. I hate saying busy. I don't think wealthy women, empowered women should use that as a cop out. Right. But we, our life is very full and we don't take that time to just be quiet. And like, yeah. <laughs> if we did that more, right. I think and I'm, I'm talking to myself right now too. Like the action that we would take would be very like dialed in and yeah. very aligned and, you know, we wouldn't have to do so much. Right, so right. thank you for that. Like very clear, like calling us out on misalignment of where success is coming from and yeah. the sequence of slow down, tap into your intuition, tap into divine um, knowledge, tap into like just slowing down. And then from there, take action. Yeah. So totally. you're very into Oracle cards, into meditating, into crystals. Like I just want to do like open-ended question. Tell us about it. Tell us why you love it, how you use it. Let's talk about this. I just feel like it's such a fun and playful way to remember that we're in co-creation. You know, I my favorite card deck, I think it has about 50 cards in it. It's called the Sacred Rebels deck by Alana Fairchild. So if anybody is like wanting to buy an Oracle deck, it's fantastic. Um, I, and I don't pull cards all the time. Like I go through phases. And so sometimes it's like, maybe it's just once a month or whatever, but I went through this period not long ago where five times in a row, I pulled the exact same card from that deck. I did like the math on that. Like what's the probability? So you do a fraction one out of 50 times one out of 50 times one out of 50 times one out of 50, five times. It's like a one in like 15 or 20 million chance. 
that I randomly pull the same card five times in a row, but I don't believe it's random. I believe that it's, it's our higher self giving us a message. And it was like, you still need this. You still need this. You still need this. It's so wild to me. And so like, if, if nothing else, even if you didn't, if there wasn't something great in the message, which there always is, it's you saying, this is my reminder to me that even though I live in a 3d world and it feels like I'm totally in charge of it, like that there's actually all kinds of non-physical help that's available. And that this world is actually so much more magical than it appears. And that energy is really important. So the thing I like about pulling cards is it's not just about this transactional, like, I need a message. Let me get a message. It's just a reminder because we forget. It's so easy to forget about energy and about the non-physical ways that this world is set up. And so I don't know about you, but I need a lot of those reminders. And I'm, and so it's like, if I can get that through crystals, which are beautiful through Oracle decks, which are fun, why not? Yeah. So cool. And how did, what was your journey with that? Like given you grew up in the Midwest, you grew up in the Christian context and you've kind of just, I'd love for us to like wrap up this conversation with just getting to hear a little bit of your story and like how it's been such a healing thing for you to like move into more of that spiritual engagement. Yeah. I mean, it's been like decades worth of healing, frankly, like, so the first thing was sort of extricating myself from the really, really wild (laughs) Christian churches. So like getting more disconnected from that. Um, I started meditating. So then I, I had I was building some spiritual understanding and some direct connection with the divine, which felt really good because like, I don't care what you call it. Or even if you believe in anything other than yourself, like when you meditate, even when your mind is going wild and you're like, this sucks and it's not working. Usually you end up feeling better. Like for somehow you feel more satisfied. You feel more like things are okay. You feel more peaceful. You feel more joy. You find yourself later in the day in a scenario that normally would have set you off. And you're like, why am I so calm right now? So it's, that's like direct connection with the divine, in my opinion. And so it's like, the more that I developed that, the less I needed to rely on a book or a pastor or a teacher or any one way to connect in. And, and I would say like, that's been the evolution. And then in parallel to that, I frankly had to do a lot of healing around Christianity specifically because I felt like very harmed by it. Um, And so for years, even when I was on the spiritual path where there's like all these pictures of the gurus on the altar and Christ is one of them, I just, I never felt that connected with Christ because it just felt so wrapped up in all kinds of stuff. And so it took a lot of years of like, just trying to like, keep the door open a crack for healing. And now like, now I'm in such a different place where like, I just really appreciate incredible religious teachers of any, um, path. And I can like honor them and really feel like so deeply connected, but 
the most profound thing for me is to like see God everywhere and feel God everywhere. And especially in me and like appreciate the part of me that is a unique expression of the one source. And, um, as I've done that, it's like, it's made me feel more connected to every religious path, but also not in a way where those paths have power over me, but more like there's a reverence and I trust myself and my own relationship to the divine the most. Beautiful. So inspiring. And yeah, like I just think such a rich experience of the multi-dimensions of the physical and non-physical that um, you've been able to like healthily like heal and engage with. And thank you for sharing that story. I know that a lot of people will really and be leaning in and this conversation, I know it, I can tell it's just like the tip of the iceberg of all that Emily is about and knows. So before we get into our rapid fire questions, will you share if people are interested in learning more about what you do, if they're like wanting like the deep wound healing of money or masculine and feminine energy, or can you share like where to find you, how to engage with your stuff? Yes. So I hang out on Instagram at M makes money. I'm on Facebook, Emily June Wilcox. Um, I have a podcast, the M makes money show. So my website tends to be the place where you can find all the things that's emilywilcox.com. But yeah, come hang out, say hi. Erin, you've asked incredible questions. I like never talk about this, the religious stuff, by the way. So it was like actually so cool for us to go there. Thanks for letting me take us there. Like, yeah. I, I just love to lead with like curiosity and your story and the things that you're talking about is something that I feel really like I've been on my own journey with. And so I just, I'm grateful that you're willing to share. So, um, okay, everyone go follow Emily, make sure that you subscribe to her show. I'm sure that's an incredible thing. Um, and you mentioned the quiz, which I want everyone who's listening to go and check out figure out what is the money wound that most resonates with you. And I know you said you already give people some steps to the beginning to heal that. So we'll make sure all that stuff is connected in the show notes. And let's wrap up this combo with some rapid fire questions. Let's do it. All right, Emily, what is your earliest memory of money and how has that impacted you? Whew. There's so many, but it honestly, money was the root of all disagreements in my household. So I just have lots of memories of like my parents fighting about it and me being afraid to ask them for things because I didn't want to start an argument. Mm. How do you see that like impacting you now? It's taken a lot of work and undoing with my husband for me to feel comfortable just like talking about money and not being afraid that it's going to turn into an argument. So that's, that's been practice. And I've also had to really work to unearth my desires because what I learned as a kid was it was better to just not want it and just pretend that it's not available than to really deeply want it. Mm-hmm. And so that's taken some work to reconnect. And also connects with what you said was the, the wound you most resonate yes. with. Faithful. So that makes sense. Yeah. What's your money moment that you are most proud of? You know, the thing is like hitting the million dollar years and the hundred K months, it's like money is not that interesting unless 
it's doing something for you. Yes. So I really feel like what, what I'm so proud of that I feel like money has given me is, you know, living in my dream house, having a spacious schedule and being the kind of mom that I want to be where my kids are in lots of activities and I get to go volunteer at school and be really active and participating. And, you know, without money that none of that would be possible, but I really feel like a lot of it is becoming that woman first. And then the money just steps up to match. You know, I ask these questions. I do these rapid fire questions, no matter if we're talking about marketing strategy or visibility. I know ours was mostly around money and energy and stuff, but I asked it because I think often it's so tab. It's a taboo conversation that I want to make not taboo for women. Yeah. Then I want these beautiful, brilliant women like you who are on the show to like make it like, here it is, you know, here's my, my stuff. And let's just talk about it. And I love the response of people with their money moment because it's yeah. not, oh, when I did like made this massive like million dollar goal or whatever it is that, you know, so many of us have like put on our vision boards or put on our stuff and worked, worked, worked towards it. It's, it's like the deeper things. Yeah. It's like maybe sometimes the smaller moments that were so significant to us because yes. of what it means in our own story. And so, yeah, I love that you kind of elevated that too. If I were to give you a hundred thousand dollars right now, what would you do with it? Invest it. How would you invest it? Do you know? (laughs) Um, we're, we're, we want to do some Airbnb investments. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like real estate, well, you know, you're in the industry, but I feel like the next six months are going to, there's going to be some juicy opportunities. So I'd probably sit on it knowing that I want to invest it as soon as I find the right thing. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. We have four Airbnbs right now, lots of um, longer term rentals and Brett and I are a big believer in what you can do with your money in real estate. So love it. That's what you do. Love it. What's the biggest challenge or your biggest lesson that you've learned around money? I know you've already shared quite a bit of this. So let's see what pops up. Yeah, just that money can't give me safety. It can't make me feel worthy. It can't make me feel successful. Yeah. That's an inside job. Like, boom, right there. That's <laughs> that's it. Okay, last one. Kind of fun. If you're being real bougie, what do you splurge on? Okay, so the next thing on our vision board is private chef services in home. So that's that's going to be the next real bougie thing, but. Usually it's like travel and experiences. Um, but I do, I get my nails done every two or three weeks and that always feels like bougie as well. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We're showing each other our nails. Um, cool. Tell me about this in chef thing. What do you think in there? What do you, what makes you excited about that? Oh, so I want someone to come to the house like every afternoon during the weekdays for a couple hours and just like do some light tidying up and make dinner and then clean up dinner. <laughs> Yes. You know what? That is, we outsource in our business and we should outsource in our personal life. That brings us joy and greater impact. I preach that all the time. And so I love that. Well, thank you, yeah. Emily, so much for joining us today. This has been such a, an enlightening conversation around masculine and feminine energy, healing our money wounds, our spiritual journeys, like so good. So thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Are you a creative entrepreneur looking for next level support when it comes to your money mindset and management? It's time to get on top of your numbers once and for all. Do you want to upgrade your lifestyle, make a bigger impact in the world, or gain more time back into your day? 
your big dreams are all coming back to one thing, money. So I've developed a secret sauce money matrix formula to combine the power of an abundance mindset with money management tools specifically for creative entrepreneurs like you. Stop hiding from your numbers and start getting strategic. Head to www.aaronbridgman.com to learn everything you need to know about my coaching programs. It's time to completely transform and change the way you view and manage money so you can show up like the wealthy woman you are meant to be. Apply to work with me one-on-one at www.aaronbridgman.com.